Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And are we partners? In crime? <laughs> Is this like, in, in a like, homosexual romantic relationship sense, or... In like a heterosexual romantic relationship, but we're trying to convey that we're allies to the LGBT community sense, um, or... Wait, I think this is an entirely platonic kind of partners. We're, we're, oh, that's boring. We're yeah. not lesbros? <laughs> yeah, nobody in this episode wants to have any kinds of relations with anybody else in this episode. Uh, yeah. That, I think, is entirely fair to say. This is one of the few times, certainly not like last episode. Oh. No, Starscream and Arachnid are not each other's type. No. No two characters in this need to be shipped. So, anyway, this first aired uh, July... This is Partners, first aired July 23rd, 2011, uh, written by Mike Johnson. Uh, This is his first episode of Transformers Prime, but he uh, works in some capacity with uh, Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, who were the oh. uh, producers on this. And so he's done tie-in books for, like, Fringe and uh, the new Star Trek and uh, tie-ins Ooh. for Transformers Prime as well. Uh, Ooh, and coming up, he is going to co-write uh, Star Trek versus Transformers with uh, John Barber. Ooh, really? Yes. Neat. Okay, that's interesting. Or that is the comic series that combines 80s-style Transformers with uh, Filmation-style Star Trek. Yes. Yeah, that was... So, like, that rando cat lady is going to be in it. Yeah, um, Emrys. Right. Meow. And also, I think that weirdo alien dude who was on that, kind of yeah, lumpy. There was, there was a guy with three arms. Um, I don't know how many episodes Something he like in. he's an orange guy. Yeah. A- yeah they... Arix or Arix? They basically used it as an excuse to add in some characters who they didn't have the special effects budget for in live action, so. Like that episode with the giant Spock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh man, I need to go back and watch some of those for the I longest time. that's on time. Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix oh, now, it and it's one of those things that, like, back when I worked at the used bookstore, we'd occasionally see, like, a VHS of it come through, and it'd be like, oh my god, this! Yeah. Also, Maybe. uh there were novelizations of it that were released that would Ooh. show up in our pulp section occasionally wow, that weird. I... I think I still have a few of. I don't think the animation holds up that well, but it was like... Oh, no. Sometime last year, I went back and actually rewatched. like... Y- you know how there's always, like, the one episode you always catch in reruns when you were a kid? It, mm-hmm. Oh, sure. And it was actually my favorite episode. It was the... I forget what it's called. The one with Quetzalcoatl, Cosmic God thingy. And that, that was oh, actually, right. actually pretty the good. The first story. season episode of Gargoyles with the pack. The pack. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, it was, I've got Batman in my basement. <laughs> Which is oh. a shame because that episode sucks. Yeah, well, well, oh, oh, Batman. I think the one I saw most of Batman the Animated Series was, um, Tiger Tiger. So I didn't do much better. Yeah, that one was on. Oh, the one where Catwoman becomes a furry. Yep. Yes, the one where Catwoman was a furry.
anyway, uh, so yeah, Partners. Uh, not perhaps the most exciting title. No, no. A bunch of I mean, it, who are partners? It sums it up in the way that, say, the title of Ant Man and the Wasp summed it up. It's like it refers yeah, to this Ant-Man on and there's multiple. A wasp. Yes, but no, but there's also another Ant Man and another Wasp. So it's like on multiple levels, but it's not too deep on any of the levels. Right, so we open with. Uh, Starscream, who is using Soundwave, I guess, like a webcam? Kind of, yeah, it's, it's no, he's, so weird. He's just using him like a confessional, which seems like a terrible idea. I oh mean, he's 100% gonna blackmail you. Yes. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's very, yeah, it's very weird, because we know Town Raver records everything, and it's like Starscream's being his most sniveling self, saying, oh, I suck, I am lowly, I should never try to be Decepticon leader, and I know that. It's like, he's outright lying to Soundwave's face. I don't know, it kind of feels like he's sincere. He's half sincere. He's very confused this episode. Yes. Poor guy. He's got, you know, they've got a weird relationship and he's got a lot of weird feelings going on about it. And these things can be very confusing Although, and he needs a therapist. Wait, we we haven't seen Soundwave in a while, have we? No. I mean, it's, it's always hard to remember when Soundwave is in something yeah, because he, doesn't he usually doesn't say, I mean, he doesn't say anything. Does have any lines? The last time I remember him was when the Autobots had to break into the Nemesis because of Something or other. Oh, when um, Bumblebee and Megatron got reawoken in that stuff, whatever episode that was. I think that might have been the... Oh, no, apparently he was in uh, Metal Attraction. He was? Uh-huh. Yeah, like, he's just... Oh, he, he detected that oh, magnetic anomaly. Oh, right, Starscream was talking to him when they were overlooking a Clifford or some shit. All right. All right, and then, although he wasn't... Uh, he wasn't in it. They Megatron mentioned in the last episode that he knew about all the stuff that Starscream had been doing behind his back oh, yeah. because Soundwave was recording it all. Yes. Anyway, I just like the idea. This is all going up on Starscream's uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> yes, I, I, I am who I always meant to be. Starscream, second in command. If you liked this video, please like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave Starscream alone. But he's he's basically <laughs> taking advantage of Soundwave's most, uh, I guess, socially useful quality is that he's a very good listener. <laughs> yes, I mean, Soundwave might not even be awake. Yeah, <laughs> Soundwave's not in the rest of the episode. Be so. No, he's just talking to sleeping sound. The Decepticons are weird in this show. <laughs> yes, they are. And speaking of weird Decepticons, he just, you know, moseys on over to the bridge and Arachnid, who rejoined the Decepticons as per metal attraction. Apparently they managed to pry her off Breakdown's ass. <laughs> good, good. I'm sure everyone involved was thankful. And it turns out Arachnid is a big tattletale, because she is telling Megatron that, oh yeah, so Starscream found uh, the Harbinger, which is this old-ass Decepticon ship that crashed on Earth a zillion years ago, and uh, Starscream found it, and he didn't tell you. Yeah, and he didn't tell you it's got a MacGuffin on it. I bet it's because he's right. trying to keep that MacGuffin for himself. This is like the most, these two are just, I, I can say this because this is my people, they're in the pettiest bitches 
<laughs> Arachnid and Starscream are the pettiest well, bitches yeah, through this whole episode. Arachnid's trying to out Starscream Starscream so she's not the outcast. Yeah. She's trying and- to wheedle any power she can. Well, she's trying to be, she's being, yeah, she's being the superior Starscream because she is, <laughs> you know, kind of cozying up to Megatron without also half insinuating that, you know, as soon as he uh, gets a hangnail, she'll declare herself <laughs> the new leader of the Decepticons. Yes. Yeah, because she doesn't want the power, she just wants out of there. <laughs> it's just yeah. the best way to get out of there is like, get attention, get get, get a long leash on her, basically. Uh-huh. Yes. Anyway, back at the Autobot base, uh, RC is talking to the pile of rocks that represents uh, the deceased Cliffjumper. I'm not sure how much of them. Was it just that one horn that they buried? Uh, I think that's all she got back. Uh, unless bits of him that's crawled out. I think that's all she got back. I, I, I think the rest was zombie, and then I think that zombie blew up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like the, the cairn of rocks that she's built for to the rock. Yeah. And she's yes. just talking to the people's grave. <laughs> yes. Damn it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, hey, you know, I, I know we haven't talked lately, but it's going to be relevant to the plot in this episode. <laughs> so I swear that I'm going to avenge your death against the, it was caused by a Decepticon whose name I do not know. Yeah, it's very, this scene is clearly here to establish that this is going to be relevant to this episode. It's like at the beginning of the episode of Game of Thrones when they do the like previously on thing and there's so much material that you know anything that's even vaguely relevant. (laughs) Yeah. is It's like, oh, this is what it's going to be about this time. Hold on. (laughs) Because suddenly Uncle Benjen is in... This, the previously on, and Hodor. he's been missing for six seasons. Why are there so many clips and of Hodor? So... <laughs> he never gets any scenes. Uh, I love Uncle Benjamin. I named my cat after him. I was about to say, I thought that was a cat on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> because there is a cat on Game of Thrones, right? Somebody has a cat? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't remember Tommen had a cat. It, it's like Sir something? Yeah, it's like Sir, Sir cat. Pounce. Sir Pounce, that was it. Sir Pounce is... Which is an adorable cat name. Yes. Oh, which right, is Tommen, was who is yeah, he, he Joffrey's actual cats. tolerable small inbred brother. I just want to know if they also have a bird named Sir Wingspan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he should. Well, there are a lot of crows. I don't think any of them was called Wingspan. Yeah. Anyway, so so Starscream, they get to uh, they get to the Harbinger. They hate each other. Um, and Arachnid knows all about like Starscream's constant humiliating failures. Yeah, there's talk about preening, and, and Starscream says he was one of the Energon Seekers. Yay! Reference. He said that the yes, hey, he was, he was Air Commander. Oh, yeah, yes, Air Commander, he was the Air Angel Commander. Seekers. Did they have a and Ground she... Commander? Did they have a Sea Commander? I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Centurions. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Well, consider- Man and Machine Power Extreme. This is tied into the Align continuity, which was the War for Cybertron games. Well, I don't think there were oceans on Cybertron in that. There was the Sea of Rust, unless it was a commander of the Sea of Rust. But, uh. Um, Probably. I mean, that's like, you know, the, that's like 
you know, so you, you know, you've got your air commander, you got your sea commander, probably like a space commander, and uh, you have the dance commander. <laughs> you have a space force. We need a space force. It would be awesome if we could dance. Yes. And uh, I also like that Arachna just, you know, she reveals that her source for all this information is, you know, Megatron. We talk. <laughs> yes. She's, like I said, she's, they're just such petty bitches. It's just like, it's mean girls up in here. <laughs> it's just like her and Starscream are just so petty. Oh, and Arachnid has definitely read the burn book. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I, you should see Mean Girls. It's a good movie. Okay. I, I noticed two things in this episode that either I did notice before, but I didn't really pay attention about Arachnid. One, her Decepticon symbol is just like a neon outline of a symbol. Like the sigil, so she's like, is like 80s neon, sort of pinkish. And the other thing the is- Vaporwave yes. symbol. Yeah. At her shoulders, she's got this sort of joint circle thing that looks like Deadpool's logo. Yes. It does. It's weird. I also noticed that this episode that she has Deadpool logos on her shoulders. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, you know, so basically it turns out that the, um, you know, she, she wants to find this weapon. She turns on the ship's computer and says, hey, if you turn that on, maybe the Autobots will detect it. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Autobot base, the Autobots are <laughs> Yes! Yay, Ratchet's in like this episode for moment. a couple seconds. Yeah, we, we we got, and a little bit of Optimus Prime, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he Enough almost... Enough to take home that paycheck. He almost has a speech about prisoners later on, but it's like, eh, it's not enough of a yeah, speech. Yeah, it just turns out to be like a line or two. Yeah, it's I like thought two it was gonna, sentences. We were going to get more Prime speech, so put down your drinks. <laughs> I I have a note and I'm not sure where it is. I should have wrote down more. But heh <laughs> pegging banter. I forget who said that. It's like somebody <laughs> said I never pegged you as X, but I uh-huh. I, I was giggling and I I did did, did Arachnid say that? Anyway, I I like that Arachnid just accuses or that Starscream accuses Arachnid of being like a, a schemer and a scavenger, and that's yeah, that's the pot calling the kettle black. It's beneath him. <laughs> She's detestable, big liar. So anyway, they they get to where they should be, but it turns out that only half the ship is there, and the weapon is in the other half. And Starscream won't tell her where it is, so it she is... just has to like web him up like Spider Man and frighten him until he tells her. It is pretty great how they just, they're just walking down the hallway and it's just suddenly a rock wall and she's like, uh, he's like, oh, that's right. And then he bring, he pulls back up. She had said something about what was on the ship being on a need to know basis and he didn't need to know. And so Starscream yes. brings that back up and says the other half of the ship is on a need to know basis. And she does petty bitches. <laughs> They're yep. petty bitches. Yeah, so she takes off and then runs right into the Autobots who are creeping around the, the hallways like they're in a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. So she has to fight. She does her goofy Looney Tunes drill thing. <laughs> Why is she the Which, Tasmanian devil? Like, I don't yeah, know. The more we see that, especially when it's like a close up and not like covered in smoke and more of a distance shot. She's just spinning around at full speed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I guess I forgot to mention that previously 
Starstream was trying to impress Arachnid by bragging that he totally killed Cliff Jumper that one time. Yeah. <laughs> and she did seem fairly impressed that he had killed an Autobot, which... Yeah, no. No, that guy had a toy and everything. I mean, that does kind of make you think again about, like, the disposability of the Viacons. Yeah. Because if it's that big a deal to, like, kill a sentient member of the other faction, but they're killing Viacons all the time... I'm not uh, comfortable with this. Yeah. Anyway, so Bulkhead Bubbly, they capture Starscream, and uh, Starscream surprisingly says that, hey, I, uh, I want to switch sides. Really? Really? <gasps> Starscream, have you been watching Armada? What's going on, man? <laughs> Even the many cons have abandoned me. It's <laughs> the best thing. It's the best line. He tells the many cons to go away. <laughs> Even the many cons have abandoned me. Listen, Unicron is frightening. Unicron will destroy space. <laughs> that show. That show is so weird. Anyway, so uh, so Arachnid takes off, and that's a that's a wrap for Arachnid on in this episode. Yep, that's it. She's done. She's gonna go do other things. And so they just they just kind of drag Starscream along with them. Yep. Oh no, sorry, this isn't a wrap for Arachnid because she finds this uh, crazy weapon. Well, yes, she goes to do other things like finding the crazy weapon. Yeah. So Starscream actually tells them where the other half of the ship is. So uh, the Autobots get there, and Optimus is kind of thinking of letting Starscream join. Mm. I mean, he's Optimus. He's he's got to do that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, if we, if the Decepticon can join the Autobots, then perhaps we will have lasting peace. Which would be one thing if it was like, I don't know, Knockout or somebody, but it's like, uh, like Starscream. His whole thing is telling people to do something and then immediately betraying them. <laughs> like at some point, one of them is like, oh, he wouldn't betray the Decepticons. I'm like, that's, that's literally he all does he does. All that's his defining characteristic. Oh, hey, that's Bumblebee. He wouldn't emit a series of beeps. <laughs> yeah, like, do they, are they familiar with the, the Decepticons? Do they, like, not have any information on individual personalities or anything? Of course like, he like would Like, met this guy a bunch of times? <laughs> like, just, just like last episode, a bunch of your guys saw him almost get executed for treason? Yeah. Anyway, so they, uh, so RC is left to guard, to guard Starscream, and Prime, Bulkhead, and Bumblebee go to find this half of the ship. And Arachnid starts blasting them with this big pitchfork, and it turns out it is the Immobilizer. <gasps> dun dun dun! And that, that is, is indeed a, yes. a Generation 1 reference. Oh, it is? Uh, it except is. in that case, it was one of, uh, Wheeljack's many terrible inventions. <laughs> it was one of Wheeljack's many terrible ideas. Uh, it was also the episode uh, that introduced Carly. Yes, oh. future wife of Spike, future uh, mom to Daniel. Yes. And who, I believe, never got her own last name. Aww. I mean, the Spike and Daniel didn't on the show, did they? I Maybe one. think Wait, eventually one they... No, I I'm pretty sure one time someone refers to Sparkplug as Sparkplug okay. Wiki. And that's it. That's like, <laughs> that's it. It is a weird name. 
It is a weird name. Yeah. Like, that's, no one has that name. Well, uh, certainly, uh, John Tatera was unable to correctly pronounce it. Yes. <laughs> that's fair. That's why it was so great what they did with it in the last night. It was hilarious. Oh, the, the Witwickians. <laughs> Good lord. <sighs> oh man. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, so she, she immediately blasted Bulkhead with this. He is immobilized. And it's just like, for, it's like playing freeze tag. Yeah, it just freezes them in place, and that's pretty much what it did on the cartoon, on G1. Yes. The other cartoon, this is also technically a cartoon. So anyway, so yeah, so Star- Starscream is cuffed, um, and he's trying to convince RC that, you know, you can let me go, I'm, I'm a good guy now. Oh, uh, BTW, I killed Cliff Jumper. <laughs> he just sort of <laughs> accidentally Because she's talking about... How our partner of hers right. was killed, she, but she was talking about tailgate, and he's like, "Oh, but th- th- she wasn't there when he died." So wait, what? Because she was th- she was talking about yeah, how dare she steal my glory? Arachnid killed yeah, tailgate, killing your friend. Like like take read the room, Starscream. For, yeah, how yeah. dare she take credit for killing your partner? And he's and RC was like, "What?" And he was like, "What?" <laughs> there is a very great. Who are you talking about? No one. Who are you talking about? <laughs> and Starscream tries very badly to to backpedal and cover his tracks and fails terribly. And Arcee is going hardcore here because she just tosses like the key <laughs> to uh, Starscream so he can uncuff himself and she can kill him in a fair fight. <laughs> yes, she is done. Yeah. But instead, he kind of tricks her into thinking that he is cowardly, well, more cowardly than he a- than he actually is, and she's like, he just like guts her with his like manicured fingernails. It's some pretty <laughs> impressive lying. He he yes. does. I mean, it's overacting, but with Starscream, you can't really always tell yeah. because he's always over. No, the it's top. impossible to tell if he's overacting. That's his thing. Yes, he's always at least a little bit extra. So, uh, meanwhile, at the other half of the ship, uh, Prime is now immobilized, and soon enough, Bumblebee seemingly is as well. Like, there's a, there's a bunch of dust, and he, like, fakes being immobilized, and there's kind of a neat shot where she's just sort of, you know, gloating, and Bumblebee is sneaking up behind her, <laughs> and then just punches her in the face. Yes. It, it's really nice. Uh, um, Arachnid calls herself a rogue, and yet, uh, Bumblebee's much better at his, um, hide in plain sight role. <laughs> yeah, you, you might say uh, she's only a roguelike. Uh-huh. <laughs> waka waka. His sneak is a lot higher. She thinks she's great. Do you even know what a roguelike is? Is it kind of video game? Yes. Yes, it, it's hey. a video game that, was it named after a game called Rogue or something? Yes, I, I, it's, it's a video game that is like the game Rogue. Okay, it, it's... Uh, see, and, I, and, I, and I assume that game is about how I can't touch you, Remy. Uh, no, it, it's um randomized dungeons. Okay. Like, you go into a dungeon and each time you go, the floor resets in a... Either a limited pattern or a more complex system. I get you. Uh, I think I've only played one of those. Sort of like how now Metroidvania is a yeah. classification of game. 
Anyway, so Bumblebee, you know, punches her in the face, grabs the immobilizer, and just blows it up. So <laughs> yeah. Aerakton runs away. Bumblebee's a like there is a when they're they're shackling Starscream, Bumblebee's just sort of standing there a little off to the side, just looking like a huge badass. Well, yeah, he, he does well for himself this episode. Yes. He's got a little bit of a sound wave going on because he just stands there being motionless and emotionless because he doesn't really have a mouth and he doesn't talk. He just beeps and he just stares with those dead robot eyes. You're not that dead. He's got big old eyebrows. You can do a lot with eyebrows. Just ask Alex Milne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Starscream, you know, they're fighting. Starscream is talking about yeah hey did tailgate suck as bad as cliff jumper suck because cliff jumper <laughs> sucked because i killed him Man. and he just starts kicking her and then she reveals that she's been faking being injured and she just beats him up and she is about to like cut his throat oh yeah well yes. no, no, no. i she guess she kills got... a robot because he's kicking her around a lot and, and she's taking the, the damage it's this episode is almost more wrestling than last episode, despite the rock bottom being the title of the last episode. Because, like, <laughs> she's playing injured. She, well, actually, she's kind of more playing the heel, faking being injured, although she actually is injured, but she's not as injured as she says she's injured. And then she just starts punching Starscream in the face and then gives him almost a people's elbow. <laughs> almost, but not quite. She just, like, punches him three times and then just sort of spins around and elbows him to the ground. Then she has the blade at his neck, which, have we mentioned the blades on her arms before? Where she can pop out, so. like, Giver blades besides the guns? Yeah, They're those really are kind of scary. Yeah. Yes. She, she seems like somebody who would cut you. <laughs> yes. I love her. <laughs> and we again, we actually see her bleeding Energon again, which is the same color as her paint job. Blue yeah. in this series. Which, uh, is this the only series where it's blue? Uh, no, it's also blue in Beast Wars, I think. I, it was? I think so. I don't remember. I thought it was... Well, like, the Energon crystals are blue, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we don't really see people bleeding in Beast Wars for the most part. Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing. I'm trying to remember any time it happens. Guys just getting their arms yanked off. Yeah. Liquid is hard... Liquid was hard to animate. Well, by the well, that, third season, I don't season, know. If, like, got it. it just, I don't think I don't you remember. could get away with all that violence in Beast Wars if guys were also like gushing fluids everywhere. Well, no, yeah, but, like, that's fair. It was pretty violent to begin with. I don't remember anything. And you couldn't have Waspinator. You couldn't oh, have as much of the Looney Tunes <laughs> violence. <laughs> That'd be a nightmare if it, if it was actually conveyed in a more realistic way. That- that's a movie like, oh, I want. Oh, why universe hurt waspers? Just gushing blue goo like Kill Bill. I want. Yes. I want a Beast Wars movie directed by Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> just waspinator blood everywhere. Uh, or um, uh, wait, who directed um Cabin in the Woods? Oh, oh Joss um, Whedon, wasn't it? It was written by Whedon, he but wrote did he it. direct it? Is oh. Drew somebody? Drew Stafford? I want to say Drew Stafford. Mm. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter. But that had it, a lot uh, of blood. Drew Goddard. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think Drew Stafford is a football player. I would not know. Oh, no, hockey player. My mistake. Hockey Oh, player. well, you should have known that. That would be me. That's uh, That's my hashtag brand. Yes. 
Anyway, so she is seriously about to murder him, but then Bumblebee is there, and she's all, oh, I can't kill him in front of my friend. <laughs> and so she just lets him leave as she just, like, collapses. D- Bumblebee, do you not have a stun setting on your guns? What the fuck? Shoot Starscream. Don't let him walk I mean, away. They were having a dramatic, you were having a dramatic moment. He didn't want to interrupt. Well, once she gets <laughs> off and wanders away, he could have just shot Starscream and so he wouldn't move or something. Anyway, Megatron still thinks that he is a prisoner because Arachnid comes back. He doesn't, she doesn't have the, uh, the immobilizer and she doesn't have, but Starscream doesn't really, or Megatron doesn't really care. He calls it a trinket. No. Yeah. I mean, he's, there are all these MacGuffins. He doesn't care. He's too yeah, like, big and important and large. Yeah, like all of our operations are now compromised. You blew it. You lunatic, you crazy spider lunatic. Womp womp. I mean, that does sort of, it doesn't explain why he doesn't kill Starscream, but it definitely explains why he doesn't exile Starscream. Yes. So, yeah, back at the Autobot base, uh, you know, Ratchet, uh, put the immobilizer back together and it will indeed come back in later episodes. And he's used it. Apparently, it has a an immobilize and mobilize setting. <laughs> in G one, I believe it just wore off eventually. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, he does seem to have needed it to reverse it properly. Maybe it's just faster that way. And RC is kind of mad at herself because you know she chased away Starscream. We could have used him, but also he sucked. So yeah. <laughs> Bumblebee, that look, I, I, if Bumblebee, if I looked up, if I was about to kill a man and looked up and Bumblebee was giving me that look, I would, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like in a corner questioning my life for the rest of the week. Well, but it's, it's just like R2-D2 staring at you. I mean, letting out a sad He's not beat. mad. He's just disappointed. Ooh. Or the, or that, uh, that Porg looking at you about to eat another Porg. <laughs> Why didn't he finish it? He'd already cooked it. Oh, so tasty. Ah, Chewie's not going to become a vegetarian. That's never going to happen. Yeah, he's just going to swear off porgs. (laughs) Chewie has allegedly eaten people. (laughs) This is true. I mean, what else did he have to eat down there? He had to eat a couple Imperials. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, Starscream is, uh, is now free and he is monologuing to himself about how cool and, uh, and rogue he is. <laughs> uh, he's, a, yes. he's aligned with no side, servant to no one. <laughs> so he's just flying off and that is the last we see of Starscream for a little while. Oh. Yeah. Like, I think this season, I think that's it for, that's a wrap on Starscream. Oh, well, he disappeared a couple times in animated too. Yeah, he's gonna be off doing his own thing, and uh, also he's formed that- his own faction again. Oh no! Uh, probably not making any clones this time, though. Actually, I think he does make clones of himself in this what show the fuck? at some point. Really? <laughs> I Look, think he's so. a narcissist. What do you expect? Okay, so this show's just taking all the good bits of animated, <laughs> except for Wheeljack or uh, Retcon. What is the Wheeljack? Yes. They have wheeljack. They don't and have also of note, this episode is dedicated to Captain H.L. Larry Cullen, uh, brother of Peter Cullen. Oh. Aww. I didn't that. It's sad. Yes. I guess he, he based, uh, Prime's voice on sort of his brother's personality, because I guess his brother was like a Marine in Vietnam. Yeah. Aww. And yeah, that is, uh, partners. It's, oh, wait, uh, you know. Um- 
I, I enjoyed this but, one. When they go back to the base, Ratchet says something about RC's uh, handling this well. She's resilient for a two-wheeler. Yes. That's, um. Well, you know, she's little. I, I it's just a weird line. Like, what, what is that, like, a euphemism for? I don't think it's a euphemism. Being I think it's small. just. I mean, it's not actually a euphemism, but it, it, it just, it feels like a euphemism. Yeah. I'm uh, sure it's just, if, if it's a euphemism for anything, it's just that she's small. I mean, I think it's been, uh, Sorry, what was I talking it's about? It's been two weeks since something. something oh god, don't start so with me. Um, <laughs> anyway, it, it it isn't like a oh uh, like all two wheelers are ladies because uh, well we know that uh, um, well we're eventually going to meet in the next series um, Strongarm who has four wheels. Yes. Yeah. Um. And the only two-wheeler I can think of in the next series is a Minicon. Yeah, not a lot of, not a lot of motor, oh, well, no, 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 there's, um, bah, what's his name? Uh, Fracture. Oh, oh, that's right. I thought he was a, I thought he had a sidecar. I don't think he has a, I think he has a sidecar in like his Cybertronian mode, but on his Earth oh. mode, he's just a regular motorcycle. Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, this episode, anyway. Man, it's okay. I, I like the Starscream RC stuff. And yeah, I like yeah. Arachnid hating everybody. <laughs> it, it's good so character for Starscream, at least. Arachnid, but... Mm. It, it, it's a little goofy, because I think it sort of tries to make Starscream cooler than he actually is, because he's <laughs> not cool. Yes. <laughs> Aww. And yeah, it's, it's thin on the plot, but it's definitely some good character stuff. Yeah, because it, I'm not sure if it's even trying to be cool. It, it's sort of playing, I guess, Stephen, Steve Bloom is voice acting a Starscream off of half the time when he, he does voice acting, dubbing an anime, he's either the cool guy or he's a doofy idiot. He's Spike Spiegel or he's, um, Jamie from, uh, Megas XLR. Megas, yes. Is going out. Uh. <clears throat> And yeah, so that is Partners. We will return next week when we, with TMI. Oh no. So it's uh, an in-depth look at Starscream and Megatron's relationship? Uh, it's, it's more like Bulkhead's new brain. Oh, Aww. does he go to MIT? No, and nobody's building any technobots either. Aww. Aww, but I love technobots. Well, that'd be the best opportunity to introduce new characters, have Bulkhead build them. I, I think we're past the point where like new characters should get just get like built. Uh, I like <laughs> that stupid thing when it happens. Yeah, it I, was weird. I mean, they're people. You can't just build more people in the backyard. D- did we not see I, animated? I mean, they were stupid people. They did that with the Dinobots last season. I, last that, season. That's different. Yeah, but they, there was like they had a God thingy crystals. that made them sentient. Well, you could just yes. have a thingy show up in this. Sh- There's thingies showing up all the time. There was a thingy this episode. <laughs> just, just have a well of Solus Prime or some shit show up. Oh, it, it makes new people. It, it creates a hot spot. There you go. Uh, anyway, so until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. 
And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. And every month we release a special Patreon bonus episode available for all Patreon donors. Uh, this month we will be once more Kimono Enemies. Yes. Yay. Going back to friendly little animal girls for a bit after... I mean, I, I guess Ant-Man and the Wasp was a sufficient palate cleanser after Infinity War. Yeah. After Infinity War destroyed our feelings. <laughs> oh. uh, so until next week, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. No, I'm Diddy.